Are you feeling it? Are you feeling it right now? Yes, yes, yes. We're stirring up the champion today. Oh, yes, oh, yes. In the name of Jesus.
pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated, and we will shout it out, shout it out. Let's lift our voices, shout unto God. The Bible says, shout unto God, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Come on, you can do this. Yes, you can. Don't hang your harps up. Don't be silent. But lift your voice. Lift your praise. Hallelujah. Woo. Praise Him. The King of glory. does make a difference who's fighting and what you're fighting with. The incredible truth about the fact that when God gets involved and God starts fighting, it's inevitable that He's going to win. And He knows what to use. And if we're going to be effective in spiritual warfare, we've got to labor with Him. And we've got to take, the Bible says that we are to put on, we're to take on that, that, uh, uh, that what does it say? Take upon you the, the full armor, the whole armor. God doesn't put it on you, you've got to take it on. You've got to put it on. That's right. You have to do some things. I feel the power of the Lord here today. Power of the Lord is here today. In Genesis chapter number 22, many have read the story. Come on, lift your eyes, get them back on the one who created heaven and earth. I will lift my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Come on, remind yourself, my help come from the Lord. He's the maker of heaven and earth. Woo, praise God, praise God. We want him to rule and reign in this place here today. In the book of Genesis, chapter number 22, we find a very, very familiar but very interesting story. Perhaps uncommon as far as 
what the Lord asked Abraham to do. You know the story, if you've read it, <clears throat> but I want to share some details for your consideration here today. The Lord is speaking to Abraham and he says to offer your son, your only son, upon the mount that I will show you. Long story short, he gathers his things and he makes his way toward that mountain and he gets closer to the mountain and he tells his servants, we're going yonder to worship and we will return. And uh, you've heard that, you know, what God called sacrifice, Abraham called worship. We do know that there is sacrifice involved. But could you imagine with me what Isaac must have thought? What Isaac must have felt because of what he thought? And they're climbing that mountain and Isaac says, we, we have this, we have the wood, you know, we, we have everything that we need to build the altar, but, but where's the, uh, the sacrifice? Can you imagine what was going through that boy's mind? Where's the sacrifice? Um, see anybody else here with us today so I'm guessing he's probably thinking maybe he had a horrible thought <laughs> it could be me but Abraham responded prophetically by the revelation of God in Genesis 22 and 8 he says Abraham the Bible says Abraham said my son hey Isaac I got good news for you <laughs> Tell somebody it's good news for you. <laughs> you see, it wasn't that Abraham had a problem. Isaac had a problem. He didn't know about it yet. <laughs> when you're the one that's getting ready to be sacrificed, you've got a problem. You've got a dilemma. You've got a situation. <laughs> How many would like to know about it first? Just to have a little time to prepare, you know. Just give me 30 minutes to process this. But Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Say, God will provide. And you can read the next few verses where he puts Isaac on the altar and lifts the knife to destroy, to kill, rather, his son in obedience to the Lord. And the Lord stopped him and said, Now I know that you fear the Lord, that thou fearest God, that you revere God. And Abram said in verse 14, Abram called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. And it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Isn't that amazing? The provision of God was seen 
in the mountain. God's provision was revealed in the mountain, was manifested in the mountain. Abraham had to go to the mountain to receive the provision of God, or you could say the substitutionary sacrifice. Because it was Isaac that was fixing to die. Isaac had a problem. And God had an answer. I want to share for a few moments today God's provision. Can we lift our hands one more time? Talk to the Lord together. Hallelujah. God's provision. May not be what you think, but I'm telling you, if he provides it, it's right. Lord, we love and thank you and praise you. We believe so much that you are present, that you are here to help, that you're here to communicate, to share, to reveal. Lord, to bless your people. You want us to look to you, Lord, to make whatever sacrifice necessary to climb the mountain. Oh, Lord, and to receive your provision. Help us today to not only see it, but to seize it, to receive it in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Would you put your hands together one more time and say, God is great and greatly to be praised. God is great in my soul. Remember that? God is great and he's greatly to be praised. God is great in my soul. Praise God. So here we have Abraham and Isaac, mountain climbers. I think Abraham was a tough old boy. He was up in age. and He was climbing this mountain that the Lord told him to offer his son. I'm going to meet with you there. And now we are relieved when we read the story that he did not actually slay his son Isaac. But God provided a substitute to take the place of Isaac. That's exactly what happened. When Jesus came into the world, you were supposed to die. I was supposed to die. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the provision of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So we were in Isaac's condition, state, circumstance, so to speak. We were supposed to die. But the Lord came himself, as Abraham had prophesied, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering, for a sacrifice. And we know as we read the story that it was the ram. It was the adult male ram, the goat, in that scenario 
But Abraham said God's going to provide himself a lamb. And we can move into the New Testament and hear the words of John. We call him the Baptist, the baptizer. And when John gazed upon this man, Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God, which cometh to take away the sins of the world. I baptize you with water, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Someone say, God has provided. <laughs> Hallelujah. But in this story, we have read that it took a little while. It took some time for him to get there. It took some time for him to climb the mountain. And then there was some time when he had laid his son upon that altar and picked that knife up. I don't think that he was very aggressive. I think that uh, in his mind he was looking for God to do something, to intervene. Because he did have the foreknowledge that we're going up to worship and we're coming down. We're coming back down. We are. Me and Isaac, we're coming back down. So he had a revelation that God was going to provide somehow. Tell your neighbor God's going to provide somehow. <laughs> and it's going to happen sometime. But the reality is sometimes there is a waiting room. There is a waiting period. I believe Brother Turner talked about that uh, recently when he was teaching in our adult Sunday school. That there are times where the will of God is already determined. But we do have to wait. We do have to occupy. We do have to serve. We do have to be faithful until it comes to pass. Until it is manifested in our lives and situations. We can also look at another situation. In the book of Exodus, God's people were there in Egypt and they were treated as slaves, they were not having a good time. They were being abused, misused, mistreated, mishandled. They had problems. Tell somebody they had problems. Not only were they in Egypt, a hostile and unhealthy and carnal environment, but the people that were dealing with them were very hostile, insecure, jealous. And, of course, you can just go down the list. But we do read that the Lord raised up Moses, protected him. He sent him back at the age of 80 with the message to let my people go. And we've read the story they came out of Egypt. They came through the Red Sea. Corinthians tells it like this. They were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual meat and drank from that spiritual rock, and that rock was Christ. 
In the book of Psalms, chapter 78, verses 19, ask somebody the question before we read, can God provide? Can Now, you don't know what kind of a situation I'm in. You don't know what kind of world I'm living in, environment or circumstance or situation. You don't know, but God knows. He knows. And sometimes we ask and question ourselves, and maybe we question the Lord kind of telepathically. Are you going to provide for me here? The Scripture says, yea, they spake against God. Isn't that interesting? His own kids. You know how we kids are, right? You remember when dad done something or if they didn't or if they didn't let you do something, I hate you. Don't be waking me up at no six o'clock in the morning to go to school when I don't have to catch the bus to seven thirty. What's wrong with you? We were mad at our parents, weren't we? Remember those days? <laughs> Macaroni and cheese again, fried chicken again. Oh my. None of that came out. You just sat down and ate. But you were unhappy. You had problems. Nobody loves me. <laughs> There's no fried, you know, pork chops smothered in gravy. No. <laughs> There's no sugar in our greens. They're always bitter. Woe is me. I've got real problems. And I'm not making light of your childhood. I know that many have had traumatic situations uh, throughout their childhood and, and choose not to remember. But here in the scripture, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Really? Can he do this? There's no city, there's no village, there's no Publix, there's no bakery. There's not even a fruit and vegetable stand out here. There's no beehives, there's no honey. There's no ponds or lakes, we can't even, that means we can't even have fish. At least there were chickens in Egypt, you could smack one of them in the head. You know, and get a little bit more than your daily ration. But there in the wilderness, there was nothing. Someone say, teach me to depend on you, Lord. <laughs> because there's nothing here. They had no dwelling place. They were complaining. They were murmuring. They were upset. They were disgusted. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? How many has ever felt like you were in the wilderness? Huh? There's just nothing there. It's just dry. And when nothing's there, no one's friendly. When there's no Walmart, no nail salon, hello, People are grumpy. Where are you going to sleep? There's, no, there's not even, even any bunk beds. There's no blow-up mattresses out here. God has a serious problem. Huh? 
But verse 20 says, Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out, and the streams overflowed. But can he give bread also? I know we have water now. Took a while for that to happen. You know, there's no Diet Coke, there's no sweet tea, there's no Kool Aid, no red flavor. Where's my purple Kool Aid? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> there's no mannish water, not yet. There's no fish tea. So can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? He knows we like to eat. We had food in Egypt. We were slaves, but at least we ate. And verse 24, but he rained down manna for them to eat, and he gave them the corn of heaven. Man did eat angels' food. Someone say angels' food. He'll take from angels just to take care of you if he has to. Say, God provides. He takes care of his people. Man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He rained flesh upon them as dust and feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. So they have fresh water. They got bread. Angel food cake. And now they have quail. That's what the Bible says. He caused the wind to blow and direct those quail down to where they were living. So they had quail sandwiches. They had quail LT. <laughs> Was it QLT? <laughs> quail lettuce and tomato. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure they was milking those goats to try to get that cheese ready. <laughs> but he rained flesh upon them as dust and feathered fowls like as the sand of the, of the sea. And he let it fall. Someone say he just let it fall. <laughs> he didn't have to do it, but he did. He could have let them starve, but he didn't. They didn't have everything they wanted, but they did have what they needed. And he let it fall in the midst of their, account, of their camp round about their habitation. What I've learned, and, and this is a very, very familiar, very common, very easy to understand message. That God doesn't always bypass problems. God doesn't always bypass the wilderness of life. Often God will actually take you through leanness. He will take you through the valley. He will lead you into the wilderness. Huh? Won't he do that, Brother Nagy? Won't he do that? Well, he's proven that he, he will. And of course, in this wilderness, they didn't find the paradise that they had expected. And sometimes... That's when people make the decision. I ain't going to that church no more. They didn't meet my expectation. And I dare say that often our expectation of God and even His church is unrealistic and unbiblical. 
And, and I've heard or at least seen people that said, well, God didn't fix my problem, therefore he's not my God. I'm not going to attend that church because God hasn't bailed me out. Not going to serve the Lord because he let me sit here in this wilderness, in this valley, in this dark, deserted place, exiled by people. I thought God was supposed to bail me out and take away all my pain. <laughs> Have you ever thought that? You ever felt that way? Oh, yes, he's going to solve all my problems and all the problems that I have with other people. But listen, God's not obligated to solve your problems. But he will save you and empower you and deliver you and put you on a better path if you'll follow him. So that's the inescapable reality is we're living in a problematic world, a world that is in the wilderness. We're not in a paradise. We're in a wilderness state. And we need God to provide. You ever notice that sometimes when God leads us, He leads us the long way. The hard way, the rough way. Sometimes, now hear me, sometimes the hard way, the rough road is the result of your choice. That's all right, that's right. I could tell you some things, <laughs> and you could tell me some things about what school you went to. Oh, I went to the school of. Hard knocks. I haven't graduated yet. <laughs> I feel like a freshman. <laughs> I feel like I, I have to keep completing. I got to go through that freshman year all over again because I didn't learn some of the basics. <laughs> Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? I've been to the school of hard knocks. There was nothing wrong with the school, but it was the tools that they used. And a lot of times they used the tool of pain, pressure, persecution. And it brought stuff out of me I didn't even know was in me. Did you know that the Lord will demote you in order to promote you? That's right. That's right. He will say no to you to save you so that you might be a vessel of his deliverance. Mm. And if you insist, you can have it your way. But I want to tell you, you won't like the results. Ask Adam and Eve. 
<laughs> so the wildernesses, the valleys, the fiery furnaces, the battles, the trials, the temptations, they may be inescapable. But the thing I want to focus on here today is that even when you're in the wilderness, even when you're in the, the valley, even when you're having these problems and they seem to be unending and unceasing, there is provision for you in the middle of your pain, your problem, your persecution, your difficulty. There is provision for you from God. And you may have to climb in order to see it. Hallelujah. My God. How many would be honest with yourself right now and say, I have made some bad choices. I've made some mistakes. And it costed me. It set me back. I had to suffer because of choices that I made and choices that others made that affected me I've had to suffer but I can stand here today and say he's never failed he's never forsaken he's never forgotten but he has been forever faithful most of the time he doesn't take away the problem but he always finds a way to provide for me in my darkest hour. Woo! Somebody ought to praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's right. Bad choices can get you into some bad places. But if you'll let the Lord come in, even when you're in a bad place, He'll build you up. And make you better, make you stronger, make you wiser. Now, he may let your son or your daughter sit in that state prison. He may let them go to jail because he wants to teach them that they cannot live without him. No wonder Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. But there's a lot of people trying to do something and they're trying to do everything that they want to do, but it doesn't turn out right because they're doing it without him. No wonder he said, without me, you can do nothing. But if you'll walk with me, if you'll take my yoke upon you, let me lead you in the path of righteousness. You may have to go into the wilderness, but I'll never leave you. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. Hallelujah. How many can stand and testify? He's faithful. I'm here today because of the faithfulness of God. When I wanted to quit, he said, no, I've got a provision for you. I've got a word for you. I've got a revelation in your situation, and you can't get it by yourself. Tell yourself, I need God. Hallelujah. Woo, my God. I'm glad that he doesn't leave us when we leave him. 
I'm glad he doesn't forsake us when we forsake him. Read the book of Jeremiah. The Lord said, you forsook me. You hewn yourself cisterns which can hold no water. You forsook me, the fountain of living waters. That's truth. That's reality. That happens. That's right. We neglect. We forsake. We resist, don't we? Huh? Oh, yeah. We forsake. We resist. We say no, even to the Lord. Different reasons. But aren't we glad God doesn't stop loving us and touching us and prompting us and dealing with us and sending a word to us? It bothers us sometimes like a shock collar. But without the shock collar, the dog's going to run out in the road and get killed or ate by something else that's bigger and more ferocious than he is. I wanted to preach the sequel to Where's Woody? Where's Woody? That's about 12 years old or so. Where's Woody? Woody was my little Dotson. You remember Woody? If you open the door, Woody's gone. If there's a little little gap in the fence, Woody's in the neighbor's yard. If he hears a bird fly by, Woody's gone. Woody had it made. He had the best food in the land. He even had table scraps. He had everything that a dog could imagine, could want, could desire, could long for. But Woody was not satisfied. He heard the call of the world, the call of the wild. Come on over here. I've got what you want, Woody. So Woody kept on getting out. Finally, I said, I'm done with Woody because I kept having nightmares of him just blended in with the, the pavement, and it wasn't pretty. I said, I'm not coming home to find out somebody done messed him up, broke him up. So I gave him to my neighbor. They like Dotsons. <laughs> I, I, I had no idea I was going here. But, uh. Now, I had a problem, but Woody had a bigger problem. My problem was Woody kept getting out, and I had to go find him. You know, I had to trick him to get him to come back home. I had to entice him to get him to come back home. Isn't that something? You, and there's some people like that. They're always out there, and you're always just pouring your time into them, trying to get them to come back to church, trying to come back home, trying to get them to come to the altar, trying to get them to pray, trying to get them to just stand up and live for God and hold their own bottle. You're just trying to help them. You try everything. Nothing works because it's their spirit. It's their mindset. It's their attitude. They're listening to the wrong voice. Listen, and if you're listening to the wrong voice, you got a problem. You got a big problem. But God can provide for you even when you have problems. Huh? Now those voices may not go away, but he has a voice. And if he's saying if you'll listen to my voice and you'll follow me, oh, I'll lead you. I'll take care of you. You'll be blessed. 
Yes, sir, you'll be favored. That's right. And whoever blesses you, I'm going to bless them. If they curse you, I'm going to curse them. That's a pretty good deal. He said, this mountain over here, I'm giving that to you. This land over here, I'm giving it. You know, all, all the land, just wherever you trod, wherever you put your foot, I'm giving that to you. That's a good deal, Woody. We used to walk around the neighborhood and we'd get down the road, here comes Woody. <laughs> you know, Woody's across the street going to the charismatic church, but yet, you know, he, he still wants to maintain a connection. You know, he still wants to download some of the apostolic powerful preaching. He still wants the miracles. Hello. He just don't want to be accountable. He just don't want to be submitted. Woody's his own man. You know what I'm saying? He knows what to do, how to do it, and he knows how to do it better. Oh, yeah. Well, long story short, Woody went missing. From my vision, I couldn't see Woody anymore. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> what happened to Woody? Well, we put a shock collar on Woody. Now, I know that's, that sounds pretty cruel. But Woody had a shock collar on for a little while. Oh, yeah. And when he got to a certain spot, you know, he had just run around. And when he got here, uh, he had just, he had walked the fence line just looking for an, just looking for a gap, looking for a way out, just looking for deliverance, hello, huh? just looking for a loophole, huh? they're keeping me all caged up and all bound in here in this huge yard, the audacity, keep me pinned up like a wild animal, so he's, he'll run, that shock collar would hit him again, well one day the batteries died. No more conviction. Didn't feel the grieving of the Holy Ghost anymore. A whole new world. Woody's here. Hey, guys, I'm going to come over and eat some popcorn later. We're going to watch a movie together. We're going to watch that movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven. <laughs> And you know where cats go. Now forgive me, you cat lovers. Friend of Freeline. But I came home one day and I said, where's Woody? Woody's gone. You know, Woody had a problem. He had a problem. But Woody didn't know he had a problem. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? That you can see everybody else's problems, but you can't see yours. Because the only way you can see your problem is if you get into God's mirror, the Word of God. Because it will reveal who and what you are. Oh, but everybody likes me. I'm the neighborhood dog. Woody, you got a problem. You're seeking attention from the wrong people. You're seeking approval and affirmation from the wrong people, Woody. 
Woody, I'm trying to save you. That's why I got you in a fenced-in yard. To save you. You know, the word boundary means commandment. And if you step outside of the commandment, the boundary, the property line, hello, you've got some big problems. My God. So what happened to Woody? Well, they didn't want to tell me. But Woody got ran over. By someone in their own yard. He was laying in the wrong place at the wrong time. My God. Can you relate to Woody? Am I talking to human nature here? <laughs> God, if your provision is a shock collar, then put it on me. Hey, put it on me. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Woo, Jesus. My, 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 my. Come on, just one more time. Just, just engage with the Holy Ghost. My, 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 my. Aren't you glad that God doesn't give up on us? Aren't you glad that God doesn't quit so easily? But week after week, day after day, month after month, year after year, years later, Isaac heard the voice of God and came home. <laughs> now, he left home because of his bad choices. That's right. But aren't we glad that God never gave up? God said, I'm going to get you back. <laughs> I'm going to put some new batteries in that collar. Ooh, praise God. Ooh, hallelujah. It may be a little rough on you. But if you'll stay in the yard, it won't be quite so rough. Isaiah 43 says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee, because you in my yard. When you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Why? Because I'm with you. And I'm your God. And as long as you serve me, I'll be your God. Hello? As long as you lift me up, I will be exalted in your life. And if I'm exalted in your life, I'm going to execute my purpose and my plan. I may not take all of your pain and your problems away, but I'm going to keep you in the midst of them. I know we live in the world. I need a prescription right now. Huh? I need a prescription right now. I just hit my toe and cracked my little toenail. I need a prescription. I need some pain medication right I can't even sleep. Huh? The world loves painkillers. But God is saying, you don't need painkillers. You need peace. Because if I take away your sensitivity to pain, you got a bigger problem, my friend. You're going to walk right into the pits of hell if you don't have pain. Huh? If you don't have that sensitivity, 
that ability to feel pain and conviction, then you're in trouble. You got a big problem. Oh, God. That's why I need to get back to the altar. I need to get back, amen, to my relationship with God. I need to get back to where the anointing is active in my life. Hallelujah. My God. Jesus. So that when I do pass through the waters, and I will, they're not going to overwhelm me. They're not going to overflow me. The Lord didn't say you wouldn't walk through the fire. He says when you walk through the fire, it's not going to burn you. Hallelujah. We're going to face the fire. We're going to face trial. We're going to face pain. We're going to have problems. Some of them we create. Some of them were just the environment we're in. Some of the problems are just because of the people that we're connected to. I'm telling you, good people can cause you problems. That's right. Good people can stress you out. Hello? That's right. That's right. So problems are inescapable. Our focus is not getting out of the problem Our focus today is getting God's provision in the midst of my problem so that I can stay faithful, so that I can keep walking because I'm not going to stay in this valley if I keep walking. I'm not going to stay in this fire if I stay faithful. Come on, lift your hands with me. Say, I need God's provision. And when God offers provision, I've got to realize it is God that is providing and I must seize what he's supplied. I must apply what God has supplied or we won't be taken care of. Hello? Well, I need $1,000 a month. a liar God's trying to provide for us and we think it's the devil (laughs) hello that's what happens when you get a little too far from the voice of God you can't discern the voice of your daddy or the voice of the devil my God Jesus said In the world you shall have tribulation. Oh, that's great. Oh, I just love hearing that report. Thank you, Jesus. You're all high five. You're awesome. You're awesome. But he didn't stop there. He said, But be of good cheer. What do you mean? Why should we be of good cheer? You just told us that we're going to have tribulation in this world. But you're telling us to be of good cheer? Oh, okay, well, let's, let's listen up and see what, see what else he has to say. You know, he's a little unusual. Be of good cheer. It's going to be all right because I have overcome the world. Well, that's good for you. <laughs> but you're talking about us now, that we're going to have some tribulations, some trials, some tests, some issues. And you're telling us to be of good cheer because you overcame? What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say is I overcame. And if you're with me, you're going to overcome. If you're with me, I'm going to pay the tab. Oh, 
yes, oh yes. God's provision is himself. Woo, hallelujah. Peace is not some external commodity from God. Peace is in God. Hallelujah, we live because of the peace of God. That's right. We're able to maintain sanity and contentment whether we're abased or abound because the peace of God that passes all understanding keeps our heart and our mind. He doesn't reach out out here somewhere and get it. No, it comes from Him. And if He is abiding in you, and if He's on the right throne, then you're going to experience His provision of peace in the middle of your pain, your problems, and your persecution. Somebody say, my God is a provider. Woo, hallelujah. Let me get some help here with the music. My Lord, I'm talking about God's provision. Daniel... Yes, I can, I can slay the king, I can slay the accusers, and I can cause it where you don't even have to go into the lion's den. But I want to prove to you, Daniel, that I'm a provider even when you're in trouble. Even when you're in a situation and you can't help yourself and you can't deliver yourself and you can't tame the lions and you can't do anything about the other person or the other people or the environment but there's one thing you can do you can lift your eyes you can trust in the Lord oh hallelujah and if you get with him he wants to let you know I'll take care of you in the middle of a lion's den I know the fire the furnace is real hot and it's been killing everybody else their ashes they're gone they're, they're no more they're swept out. And so he'll let you go into the fiery furnace just to prove to you, I can provide even in a fire. I can provide in a flood, and I can provide in a famine because I'm faithful. Oh, hallelujah. Someone say, it's because of who he is. It's not because of your goodness. No, 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 no. It's because of He. He is good. God doesn't have a good side. God is just good. Does that make sense? Tell somebody, God doesn't just have a good side. God is good all the time. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. That don't sound like a good side to me. That sounds like a good God. And I say we just give him some good praise. Come on, why don't we just pray? Now, this is not no revelatory message. This is just a basic message to remind you to lift your eyes. Get your faith back. Get your focus back on him. Let him lord. Let him be ruler and reign in your life. And you'll experience the greatness of his provision. You may not be able to escape the tribulation, but you might as well give praise to the Lord because He's going to be with you and you're going to find out the sufficiency of the grace of God. If you weren't going through what you were going through, you would never know how good and how gracious and how awesome your God really is. Woo. 
God, God knows there's problems in the world. He looks down and he sees Noah. Noah's surrounded. There's a possibility that this righteous man can be killed. But God preserved him. Huh? God provided. God said, I'm going to destroy all flesh, all life that I've created. And we know he did. But God provided for Noah and for his family. But the provision of God came through a revelation. Isn't that something? The provision of God first came through a revelation. God said, this is what I'm going to do, and this is what I want you to do in response. And I'm going to give you the blueprint to build this ark. Isn't that something? God's provision is you're going to have to go to work. It's going to cost you if you're going to survive this storm, my friend. Are you hearing me right now? I feel like the Holy Ghost is trying to deal with our hearts, and He's trying to tell us. If you're going to survive this storm, you're going to have to go to work. And you're going to have to follow my lead. And you're going to have to use the tools that I supply. Stop reaching into the world. Use what I'm offering you. They work a lot better. You see, if God and His Word is in your hand, you're going to hurt a lot of people. But if you're in God's hand, you're going to help a lot of people. And there's a difference. You say, well, I'm going to, God's going to provide for you. We're just going to sock them. We're going to sock them with the word. No, 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 no. 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 (laughs) Wow. God provided for Noah. He maintained his integrity. He was a preacher of righteousness. And he experienced God's way to escape. You know what God's way to escape is? Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. You know what God's way of escape is? Some of you are living with some internal turmoil and pain. God's trying to tell us. That the way of escape is not more medication, not another surgery, not another counselor, not another psychotherapy session. God's trying to tell you that the provision that you need is in Him. His presence, His Word. God has a prescription for your ailment. Stop stop trying to blame everybody else and fix everybody else and determine your happiness and contentment on what everybody else is doing and realize it doesn't matter what the world does. What matters is what you do between you and God. I want God's provision. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice. Thrice it bothered him so much. This was such a problem for him. And he sought the Lord over and over again. 
that it might depart from me. But the Lord said, My grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is sufficient for thee. Yes, it is. You're looking for an answer. You're looking for a way of escape. You're looking for deliverance. You're looking for a situation to change and something to depart. But the Lord said, my grace, that's my provision. Huh? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We want to build a little reservation so that we and our friends can stay on and they can stay on their reservation. But the Lord's saying, that's not my provision. That's yours. And as long as you're trying to provide for yourself, you're not fulfilling my purpose and plan. My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made, key word. He did not say my strength is perfect in weakness. Because if his strength is perfect in weakness, all of us would be strong. All of us are not strong because we haven't learned the proper response to the problem. Hello? My strength is made perfect in weakness. And let me go ahead and give you a little insight here. You ready for this? This is a freebie. Receiving strength from the Lord is based on your response to the problem. Because there are people that have all kinds of issues, but they're not strong at all. But then there's others that are plagued with problems, and they have the strength of God. They have the grace of God prevailing in their lives, and they're able to be effective even in the midst of their pain. They're able to reach and save other people even while they're being crucified. That means that they have received the provision of God. My strength is made perfect in weakness. So it's based on how you respond to this situation that aggravates you and makes you weak and vulnerable and frail like other men. Then he, he says, most gladly, therefore, I rather glory in my infirmities, not because they feel good. But he gloried in his infirmities because he knew that that was the proper response that would loose God's grace and strength in his life to help him survive it. No wonder we should sing that song. Hallelujah, anyhow. <laughs> praise the Lord, anyhow. Because when I praise him, I receive his provision. If I don't praise him, I could only think and imagine. But if I praise him and approach him right, I receive his provision. And when I receive the provision, I can continue walking in the fire, in the den of lions, in the wilderness, through the flood. Hello. My God, my God. Whew. 
Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses. Wow. For Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. He found out how to get the strength of God working in his life, even in the midst of his problem and pain and persecution. The truth is he may not stop the storm, but he'll give you wings like an eagle. Whoo, hallelujah. He'll show you how to build a sail and navigate through it. But my God shall supply all your need. The problem is we don't go to him. We go to other things. Hello. Self-medication. Watch another movie. Hang out with some friends. Huh? Never dealing with the problem. Just trying to medicate the symptom. Another painkiller. But the writer says, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This same man of God says, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord is the ultimate provider, and he's the ultimate provision. He's the ultimate lover, and he's the ultimate love. He's not only the giver, but he's also the gift. And if you need God's provision right in the midst of your pain and your problem, would you just lift your hands to him right now? I think we're going to sing a song, but oh my God. You need to know that God's provision for you might just simply be he's making you more like him. He's teaching you greater dependence. He's building your faith. He's strengthening your character. He's developing you to be more like him. Come on, that's God's provision. Hallelujah. Not only is he the Savior, he's your salvation. Come on, let's reach out to the Lord together today. Hallelujah. My God provides for me, and I'm going to receive it. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to receive him. Hallelujah. You may feel like you're on the Isle of Patmos, exiled from the community that you associated yourself with, but rest assured. If you're with God and God is with you, He's going to give you revelation. He's going to sustain you. Yes, He will, because He is our provider. Come on, can we lift our hands and our voices to the Lord? You can even step out from where you are, Woody. Come on, Woody. Get back in the yard. God's provision is better. That is who you are. That's right. Don't pity me. Don't pity me. God's providing for me. Hallelujah. Come on, respond to the Lord. According to faith, according to what he's dealt with you about today. Respond to God. Receive his provision.
Yeah. 